Hi there, and welcome to the Interiors Podcast with Tanya Neufeld Flanagan. This show is all about informing and inspiring Irish homeowners and buyers on all things around property, house and home, from self-building to choosing flooring. In each episode, we interview industry experts and homeowners to give you practical advice and the motivation to create and elevate your spaces. This episode is brought to you by Dwell by Ailish Rickard Interiors. Clients looking for truly elevated homes come to Ailish for her classic meets contemporary aesthetic. Dwell brings you carefully selected pieces and finishing touches that transform a space. Shop our Black Friday sale from Friday, November 25th to Monday, November 28th at Dwell by AilishRickard.com. So welcome back to another episode of the Interiors podcast. Today is a very special episode, not only because Black Friday is around the corner and we're going to talk about all the little goodies you can buy, but also because it's with my boss, Ailish Rickard of Ailish Rickard Interiors. Welcome, Ailish. Hello. (laughs) I feel like I just said your name a million times. For those of you who may not be as familiar with you as I am, because we inhabit the studio that we're in right now. And by the way, if you hear some strange background noises, it is the sound of designers trying to meet deadlines. Work. <laughs> uh, but Ailish, for those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell people what you're about? My name is Ailish Rickard. I run a design, an interior design studio called Ailish Rickard Interiors. I've been running this for about three years. I'm actually 17 years in the business, so I'm really old, but uh, knowledgeable, and it's going so well, and I just absolutely love what I do. I focus on high-end residential projects, which is so lovely because I build up a nice relationship with clients all around Ireland, and we are super busy now. As Tanya said, we're in the studio. It's like last minute on a Wednesday evening. We're, we're surrounded this. by boxes. We're surrounded by boxes. <laughs> She's just been throwing fabrics into my face to make decisions. Um, so it's just madness all the time. But that's how we roll as designers. We wear many, many hats. And that's what Tanya's learning over the last four months is that we are admin people. We are Yes, we design a small bit. We are therapists. Therapists. We are running around the country. We are on the road. Painters sometimes. Painters. <laughs> um, oh, Tanya carries a lot of boxes and samples. <laughs> so it's just madness. And okay, so you, we we know about your interior design firm. Mm. What about your newer business? Yeah, so I set, I decided, to, well, this is now years in the making. I wanted to do an online homeware store. And I just felt it is the finishing touch to any interior is the styling. So we branched out about three months ago and the company is called Dwell by Ailish Rickard. And it's just going so well and very exciting. And it's just lovely to continue the interior design out for other people just to buy bits and pieces to try and recreate the look that I do for my interiors by the homewares. So that's Anything from items for styling shelves to kitchenware. Lots of gifts. Lots of gifts and just lots of temptation when you're online shopping in the middle of the night. Yep. And uh, at the time of recording, it's not Black Friday yet. But when this episode is released, you will have the opportunity to shop the Black Friday sale on our website. And that's dwellbyalishrickard.com. We'll have that in the show notes and we will be splashing it all over social. So don't you worry. (laughs) So what we're here to talk about today is kind of like from the beginning of developing an interior vision down to those styling finishing touches that you deliver with Dwell. Because a lot of times people kind of buy a house that needs some renovating or they've saved up some money to redo their kitchen or go room by room and they don't know where to start and it can be really overwhelming. So it would be great for you to tell us a little bit about how you create a cohesive vision um, when you're approaching a project and maybe, you know, give us an example of of a project that you're maybe working on or have worked on so people can see it in their minds? Well, a cohesive vision is terrifying if you're not actually an interior designer or that you weren't born with this great style that some people seem to have. I liken it to uh, fashion. I can't really pull a look together. I walk into a shop and copy everything that's on a mannequin because I just need to be told exactly how to dress Luckily, I have a sister who's a stylist who helps, 
But I then appreciate how difficult it is for people to do their interiors and this pressure of thinking, oh, my God, everything needs to look perfect and needs to be cohesive. Cohesion is like just right down to the basics. It's the same flooring going through your ground floor. Or if you have to move to tile for your kitchen area or your utility room, I would usually pick something that works well with the timber flooring. Or going the opposite way is a pattern, but that's really up to you and your personality. So cohesion is flooring. So you could do the same the same tone going through the floor. You could even change up the pattern. So you could do straight plank. Just say we're, we're talking about timber flooring now. Yeah. Straight plank in the hall. You could move into chevron or herringbone pattern in your living room. But as long as it's the one tone, you've nailed it. So there, that's cohesion straight away. People just get so overwhelmed thinking of the whole room. And it's not like as an interior designer, it takes months to build up an interior look for clients. And that's how it's so successful at the end, because it takes time. Both new homeowners and all that are running into the shops. They have no plan. So they're pulling things bit by bit. And you, you need a little plan. So what I do with clients is, I ask them to start a Pinterest board and I tell them, don't worry, just throw any image you like in there. And they could be very different images or styles, but there will be some common thread going through all the images that I can find. So I would advise you to do that first. Also, I really don't like when people say, what's your style? Because even if somebody asked me, what what music do you like? I like so many different styles of music and genres and all that. And that's the same with interiors. I actually still don't know how to explain my own style <laughs> as a designer. Tanya helps me, but you don't need a style. You just need your personality and your uniqueness to shine through. And I swear you could buy a 1970s sofa against really old coffee table, you know, an antique coffee table. And if you do it with confidence, you can get away with that. You know, you have to put your own stamp on things. And I think that's a good way to make places not seem just sort of copy and paste. If you just decide like, oh, well, I like modern and kind of everything modern nowadays is like Scandinavian inspired, then you're going to end up with a very kind of flat space. Completely, completely. And it's a copy. And what not to do to find your cohesive vision is to copy something from Instagram or Pinterest. More than likely, this image was highly styled, professionally photographed, doesn't really work properly. And most of the product products are usually from the States and you can't find them anyway. So don't go there. And I'm going to talk about cozy, Tanya. I'm sorry. It's my <laughs> keyword all the time. It's about the feeling that you create in a room. It's so it's the fabrics, it's the textures, and it's just your own personality, your artwork, whatever. So going back a little bit, you were starting to talk about the flooring. Yeah. Is that wh- what you would start with? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking of a project we're, we're working on at the moment and it's all down to the client having to make the decision on the flooring first. This is the tone. This is the warmth that you need mm-hmm. um, from the floor. Um, so, yeah, I'd start there. And do you have any strong opinions on the on types <laughs> of flooring that you, <laughs> you like and don't like? Do I have a strong opinion? Well, I love timber so it would usually nowadays be engineered timber because lots of houses have underfloor heating now and so engineered timber flooring absolutely 100% I love natural natural stones yeah they're my they're my favorite flooring your go-to yes yeah so if you want an Alish look think of those kind of classic materials and what does natural stone actually include for people who may not be aware natural stone could be your limestones or your um sandstones or yeah lots of different limestones you can get different colors um but it's it's all about natural because they never go out of style they never date because they've been here since the beginning of time and they just feel so amazing underfoot and so that that's one of the biggest investments then when people and people are starting their project with that so would it be fair to say like people should kind of be okay with spending that money up front because it's going to dictate so much of the style and they can then layer on things over the years of the other pieces of the puzzle. Absolutely. And flooring isn't to be changed in five years. Mm. Flooring is in your home for the rest of your life. 
And okay, so some people have issues with wear and tear of timber. It's it's really up to how you live in your home. So I'd always like if you have dogs and you need and you are really precious about cleaning and all that, look at stone. You know, if you don't mind wear and tear, go for timber. The wear and tear is fabulous. It adds to character and gives it more life, I think. Yeah, I think people are too concerned about having a little scrape here or there. It's so obvious the first few scratches. It's like when you get a new leather jacket or handbag, the first scrape is devastating. But then you look at that jacket three or four years later, and it's all built up a patina. Absolutely. And and it looks so much nicer and less kind of tacky. Yeah, agreed. So, okay. So invest in your kind of canvas. And then how do you work with kind of the language of the architecture of the house? Because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with. Like they might be like, well, I bought this house it's ex corpo or it's mid-century or it's a period house. How do you build the vision around that? So if it if the architecture is really contemporary, well, just as an example, yeah, please, you do not have to go ultra contemporary with your furniture. The nice thing is about getting a balance. And again, back to what you like, you can get away with anything in any architectural style of home. The interiors, you can you can mix it around. I was speaking to a client recently and they were like, oh, my house is like ultra contemporary and I just want to make it cozy inside. Is that even possible? I was like, yes, of course it is. It's all down back to colors, tones, textures and the style that we'll use inside. But you can totally mix and match styles. They don't have to match the architecture. And I would say the key to doing that right from watching you is keeping that consistent through the house. So don't have like, don't go kind of ultra modern in in a ba- in the bathrooms and then have like more traditional shaped sofas. Like if you're going to, exactly if you're going to decide to do something, have that language yeah. recurring through. It's, it's about the flow. So uh, as we've discussed the timber flooring, uh, another great way to keep a flow and a cohesion around the house is the paint colors. You know, they should all really be on a similar tone. Again, there's always that one room where you want to go crazy, like your toilet downstairs or your cinema room. Yes, go for broke, go with the darks, go with the wallpapers. But the rest of the house should really all sing together. Um, Firing ball, amazing. You've got your color scales. Sorry, little green is the best for color scales. For example, a Portland stone number 77. I've used that in the kitchen house on the hill on my website. That's Portland Stone 77. They also have Portland Stone mid, dark, deep, light, and they have all these different color scales. And it's just so fantastic to you, you could just change them up around the house. Yeah. yeah. And on the Fair and Ball website, if mm. there's a color you like, for example, like you can go on their Instagram and find a color you like. Um, and then you can buy these little sample pots. They're really cheap. Definitely test them. And they even recommend like, oh, if you like this color, this is a complimentary white and this is the color you could use on your trim. And and I think so they kind of make it dummy proof for you in, in some way. It's so great for people who aren't confident with paint. And please believe me, I'm terrified of paint as well when it comes to making decisions because you you think it's the end of the world. And then when it's up, you're like, what was I stressing about? Of course, it's going to be beautiful. It, as you said, the website is great, but also there's a guy on Instagram who works for or who works for Farm Ball, Patrick, and he is just so amazing. He's such a character. He will talk you through all the colors as well and what colors go with what for your woodwork. Now he's really brave. You know, he'd be picking a crazy green for your bookcase and a yellow wall, but <laughs> he's so entertaining, so engaging, and it makes you realize, you know, you don't have to be safe. All the time, you can go a bit wild if that is your personality. And um, when it comes to paint, so we started with the flooring, mm. but paint, I've noticed you you often choose it almost last. Mm. So how do you choose all the fabrics and the materials and then make sure that the paint you choose at the end is going to work with it? Like, do, is there something in your mind you're working towards? Where What's the reference point? So I'm not worried about paint until the last minute because there are so many paint colors to choose from. It's fabrics that you don't have as much choice. Mm. Now, of course, there's millions of fabrics out there, but not as much as paint. Paint as well, you can change up in the future. While I prefer if I'm picking a fabric for a sofa, I want my client to have it forever and not to have to think, 
that they might change it in five years because they get mm. sick of it, you know? So it has to do with investment also. Big time. Yeah, because your sofa, if you're buying really nice sofas, the upholstery costs almost as much as the structure itself. Exactly. Okay. And um, so, yeah, so paint is at the end and it's always the same with every project I start. The first question I get is, but what color is my kitchen? And I'm like, <laughs> calm down. We have to get it working first. And then we can look at 3,000 paint colors at the end and pick that. But it's all about how it works first and then paint colors. Yeah. So walk us through maybe a project you've done recently. I know there's a a living room you love in your house on the hill, Mm. which is a new build that Mm. I think is is a great example that you made quite cozy um, where we shot a lot of our dwell products. So people would be quite familiar with it. Mm. How did you start to develop the color scheme in there. So I know you started with, it's got beautiful white oak flooring, right? Yeah. And has amazing. Uh, we did a herringbone floor throughout that room mm-hmm. and we picked, it was called Beeritz uh, from Matt Britton's. Um, I think it's changed his name, but it's such a stunning tone because it's a timeless oak color. Mm-hmm. So you won't get sick of it. Not too pale. And Not Ikea. too pale, just, <laughs> just real an oak. Okay, just a nice raw oak finish. So how did I pick the style for that room? Well, you couldn't avoid the huge sliders to the front of the house that were looking out over the Wicklow Mountains and then to the sea further afield. So was that view was pretty wow. And I had amazing clients who trusted me and they wanted this room as just their relaxation room. So no TV. So I didn't have to lay out sofas to go around a tv or a fire it was really the sofas for the view outside so i picked elegant style sofas against the timber flooring and just kept it really really simple but the style of sofas so elegant sofas but then against a really weathered like beaten up coffee table but that is where texture comes in if you go for hard surface like really sharp edges or glass it wouldn't have worked in that room. I wanted it soft, worn with personality. And that's the way, like the clients were just really relaxed, chilled out that they wanted this room. They weren't precious about it. Mm -hmm. So we put the classic paneling on the walls to to give it a bit of formality, but I definitely brought that formality down with the weathered coffee table and just the cushions thrown all over the sofa, linen, linen covers on the sofa really relaxed feel what about the um the orientation of the room because i know when people are trying to think of a scheme and the colors and the paint which i think a lot of times when people are like i'm going to design a room they're like oh paint and i don't know some furniture whereas (laughs) you build up to it from the bones did the orientation of the room come into play at all do you even remember what it was oh i remember because (laughs) i started that when it was when there was nothing it was just a brand new build off the side of a mountain so it was very much the orientation that was actually going to be for another room but we we i eventually convinced them to put their relaxation room there colors for paints and such i didn't go for a white white in that room i went for a touch of yellow undertones just to add warmth because it was so much light coming in from those big sliders. I needed a bit bit of warmth there for the evening time. We could we could give the paint color in the notes maybe, Tanya? Yes. So in order to keep it from being too stark because they had such huge new build windows, we needed you needed to add those those warm tones. Exactly. I think if there's a lot of natural light coming in and you paint the walls in a wrong white, it's going to look too clinical. Mm. Now, I know some beautiful whites as well. For example, strong white works in a lot of places with a lot of natural light. But this was an evening room as well. So I just felt with the yellow undertone, it'd be so beautiful with glowy lamps. Kick your feet up, read a book. And that's a good point. You have to remember when you're actually going to be using these rooms. So like, when is somebody going to be using this this study? It's during the day. When is somebody going to be using the bedroom? Actually, it's just morning and night. So painting your rooms for like, and looking at the paints when Mm -hmm. you sample them, like don't look at it in the middle of the day, look at it in the cool morning light and the evening glow and and decide then if you like it. Like picking paints is a huge process. I could talk about it for hours, (laughs) but you must put samples on your walls and different walls in the room. You would be, you wouldn't believe how much colors change. You know, people would tell you, oh, I painted it in such and such, and it would look so different in the room that you want to create. 
So please samples or even paint them on cards and sellotape them up on the walls and move them around during the day. That's my little bit of advice. Okay. But I distracted you with it you there did. again and we went back to paint. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like that. So it's you were story of our working day. <laughs> so you were you you balanced some of the materials. So it had relaxed linen covers, mm-hmm. but you did this kind of more elevated paneling mm-hmm. because it was a formal living room for the adults. Yeah. You went with sort of a classic shape on the sofa because there's all this big sliding door and glass and you wanted to make sure it didn't go too contemporary because mm-hmm. they wanted it to be cozy. We have the beat up coffee table mm-hmm. as well for that same reason. They're they're unfussy and they wanted that to translate in their personality. Like this is kind of a a reinvigorated good room, but they were exactly. like, it's not too good. Like we're yeah. cool. <laughs> we're over the good rooms. Yeah. The, we, this is the, the cool room. The cool room that, <laughs> that we want to use. Like gone are the good room days and the good dining room and all that. We don't have them anymore. We want every room used. So then as well, we went for curtains on mm-hmm. these big sliders. So a lot of modern builds have the huge pieces of glass but I truly believe, and all my clients are going to roll their eyes now because they hear this all the time, you must have curtains, okay? It just, coziness levels are amped up 100 times. Even if they're open all the time, they just soften the edges of your room, of your space. They stop that echo. They're just amazing. They bring in color if you want to color. So for example, the room that we're talking about here, I use this beautiful sage green. Now, really, really dusty. I call it more of a neutral than an actual color. Mm-hmm. Um, sage green curtains. And they just sit at both sides and they just frame that window. They don't detract, but they add warmth, cozy, cozy, and insulation, of course. And so they get rid of that echo sound that I can't stand. And they, it almost you almost don't realize there's a hint of green in that room because it you know, you were referencing the outside, which is, so it's, there's all this beautiful greenery in the Wicklow mountains, the blue green of the Irish sea. Um, So sometimes if you're looking at what's outside already and you kind of reference colors, it'll feel like less of a shock. Cause if you'd painted that room green, for example, it might've felt quite cold and like a bit kind of pukey. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Or it would have just distracted you from what the real view is, is the outside. Yeah, so the, the curtains just frame the room. So please, you know, save up your shekels and and invest in curtains. They don't have to be straight away. You know, it could be phased. You could do it down the line, but curtains are amazing. And if somebody had to decide between like curtains and their dream sofa, would you go for a mid-tier sofa and cur- and like curtains? Oh my God, that's, <laughs> I, I don't have the answer you're looking for here because I truly believe in a good quality sofa. Oh no. <laughs> and that's the problem with interior designers. Have the best curtains. of the best yeah. for everything. Sorry. Um, you can save on, I don't know what you can save on. Um, no, not your flooring. No, not your flooring. Definitely not your flooring. These are all, these are all investment pieces. <laughs> sorry to say, and you can't save on lighting either because yeah, sorry, bad news there. <laughs> you need a good sofa. If you buy a cheap sofa, it is not going to last. It's going to look wonderful month three, four, five, six. And then in two years, it looks like there's something really wrong with it. It's just collapsing. If you had to choose between somebody getting their dream kind of standout cool sofa and having no curtains or choosing a mid-tier sofa that's completely acceptable, but like isn't anything terribly exciting, but having curtains. Oh my God. What um, would you do? I don't what know. would you do? Come to your know. head. <laughs> okay. So, well, you see, I wouldn't be forcing anyone to a really uh, styled sofa, like a okay. cool sofa. I'd keep it a classic style so that it wouldn't date. Mm-hmm. Call me boring. And uh, Secret option C. <laughs> And curtains. So I'm and really curtains. going back to good sofa, good curtains. Okay. And, and classic shapes. Classic shapes. Yeah. Because you're investing in something that you know isn't going to be too too trendy. But listen, throw in an armchair there. That's super cool. Okay. Um, and I'm happy with that. Accent armchairs. <laughs> okay. You're, we've, you've talked about fabrics a little bit and we've talked about curtains. <clears throat> what about patterns in curtains or planes in curtains? 
Like a lot of people are scared of pattern myself. You know, I would skew a little more contemporary than you, for example, and I've never known how to use pattern. And I'm just kind of scared of it because you, you know, you could just make something look accidentally like your grandma's house if you, if you go the wrong way. So how can people Mm. approach pattern sensibly? Pattern is coming, is becoming really popular right now. And we're seeing a lot of beautiful images on Instagram where they have striped wallpaper, pattern cushions, all different patterns. sofa, the works, and it just works perfectly. Please don't think anyone can do that. That is a genius and an interior designer. Mm. <laughs> it takes years of trial and error to get to that point of doing your interiors like that. So what I'd suggest is you start slowly and carefully and just insert pattern into your cushions, curtains in main living areas. I t- I sway towards planes because again, you don't you won't get sick of them. Bedrooms, I think we can go a bit bolder. And you know, for kids' rooms, I love you know stripe. Mm-hmm. Yes, for for bedroom, yeah, bedrooms again. I'd go plain color again. They're investment pieces, so I'd stay safe on on planes. So introducing patterns, so you can throw it into your cushions. What other way you could like, I'd love a striped sofa. I think that would just mm. be absolutely okay. mega. So kind of classic patterns. Yes. Don't go too crazy. Well, you can, if you can do it. Yeah. Good luck. And I want to see photographs. <laughs> um, but just don't, don't freak out. If you see these images of rooms that are pattern on pattern on pattern, everyone can't do that. You just need to experiment yourself. Okay. And then what about on rugs? What about them? So should people be going for plain rugs, patterned rugs, colorful rugs? Mm, Oh, gosh, I like so many different styles of rugs. I think faded, huge patterned rugs are absolutely gorgeous and they just give a hint of color or it could be even the base to your whole color scheme Mm. is through the rug. So and um, you're buying this before you're even doing the paint, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as we know, rugs have a long lead time. <laughs> so, yeah, if you find a rug, make that the base point to your whole scheme of the room. Yeah, because I guess for a lot of what you're saying actually comes back to the surface area these things actually occupy. So the flooring is the biggest one and the walls are huge, too, but the walls can be subtler and hint back to whatever you're developing. Mm-hmm. But then the next biggest thing is is the rugs yeah. and whatever frames the windows, mm-hmm. the, the draperies. Yeah. And please get a rug bigger than you had planned. We don't want any little bath mats in the middle of a room. We want big rugs to take in all your furniture so that once you step off the sofa, your your feet are on a beautiful rug. And the ideal is that you're the, even the back of the sofa sits on the rug. Right? Yeah. No, I'm I'm being totally <laughs> spoiled there. I'm yeah. being totally spoiled there. If if it even hit the front of your sofa, it's just front. as long as your feet land on softness. And That's the coffee the table and enough room around the coffee table. And enough room around the coffee table that your shins aren't bruised, mm-hmm. but close enough to the sofa that you can reach over and get your glass of wine. Yeah. This is the problem. Coffee tables are moved too far away from the sofas now. Mm. And you've all been there. You're sitting watching telly and you can't reach a cup of tea or your glass of wine. That's really annoying. Yeah. So close enough to the sofa. Okay. All right. So you build up. Uh, so you might reference... You, you choose your rugs and your drapery, and that's where you'll, you're start, you'll start to bring in some color and maybe a pattern. Um, and then you choose smaller mm. fabrics like your cushions. And you're still doing all of this before you've even chosen art or paint, right? Yeah. But if, with clients, I would always ask, what artwork do you have? Mm. So we could use, well, I definitely want to use what artwork they have so we could base it off the piece of art. You know, clients have rugs as well. So that's what we work off initially. Um, but there's, there's, I need to introduce now different materials. Yeah. So side tables, you know, are they going to be timber? Are they going to be a metal? But they should all kind of link perfectly with the tones that you're bringing in. Yeah. So if there's like a beat up coffee table, like in the living yeah. room and the house on the hill, you don't want then like a glass and chrome side table. No, no. I don't think I'll ever use a glass and curl. You can leave that to me. <laughs> um, yeah, we want to, yeah, just, um, but it doesn't have to be a, 
a weathered side table either. No, it could it's, be something like with a bronze, bronze accent. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah which absolutely. is still in the same kind of tone family and the yeah. same personality. And this is where I I tell people that it's not a paint by numbers thing, this interiors, like doing your house. Mm-hmm. It's evolving. You don't need to get everything at the same time. And I harp back to what I said earlier. You don't copy it from a magazine either. You need to go with what you like. And I swear it'll work if you like it and it's styled correctly. It's going to be fabulous. And I think going back to what you're saying before about the art, most people do have things Mm. that they're bringing into a space, like sentimental piece of art Mm. or a piece of furniture they want to keep or something that their parent gave to them. I think that actually helps a lot with creating a cohesive vision because you're kind of working backwards a little bit from that. So like if you have this beautiful piece of art that has all these greens and blues, Mm. you might want to reference those greens and blues, but then you might want a little hint of like a warmer color. So always thinking of like cool and warm and matching, but then also balancing. Yeah. Right. It's about getting the balance. Exactly. It's just getting that right. And so, yeah. So if you have pieces of art, if you have the furniture, look at what colors are there. Look at like, is it more like if it's brown, if it's a, a piece of wood furniture, like some antique that an ant gave you, does it have like more red undertones or is it kind of cooler and gray? Yeah. And then you might know what drapery color. Yeah. And you're so lucky if, you, if you have an auntie who gave you an antique piece because yeah. <laughs> you can't beat mixing the styles like that. There is nothing nicer than a beautiful mahogany piece in the corner that has come down through generations. I love that. I love um, that everything doesn't have to be brand spanking new and they will work. Yeah. And it's and it's better if, if you don't. So we've talked about um, creating different material palettes so you have for example in this house the new oak floors but you have the beaten up coffee table which if i remember correctly it's quite a darker wood like it's it contrasts the oak right yeah it's kind of and, chocolatey and to my clients it's not beaten up it's uh weathered <laughs> <laughs> sorry the american ruining the illusion here and <laughs> um, sorry what were you saying you um, said beaten up a few times <laughs> That you you didn't try to match the oak. You didn't do all the wood. No, 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 no. If you try to do matchy-matchy, it's going to look wrong, wrong. <laughs> because you can. Most quotable <laughs> sentence of the episode. Hashtag matchy-matchy, wrong, wrong. <laughs> and you're never going to get the right timber tones. It's just going to be a headache for you. So just blatantly go out there and pick something of a different timber tone. Um, and then maybe keep to those two in that room. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, a chocolatey yeah. and a and a yellowy oak. Yeah, but remember, we've just decided that we're going to do bronze tables. Like there's all these tones, and they they work together. And dark really anchors the interior, and pattern gives it life and personality. God, this room is amazing. I think mm-hmm. whatever we've just designed, <laughs> it's a room you already designed. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what I, I can't remember what color was the linen fabric of the sofas it was a really neutral linen so just like just think of a flat white it was that no think of a biscuit it was a biscuity linen Mm. which was the perfect palette for anything then kind of went well with the floors so it was very calming and yeah it was it was just perfect for it you know so you could just go for broke with the cushions and everything around it I yeah. think if I remember the, the cushions, you had some kind of burnt orange and slightly was, ochre tones. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm in an autumn uh, phase of my interior design <laughs> at the moment. So there's there's lots of rusts. Hide the clients who just signed off on, on that. Um, <laughs> rusts and just all those autumnal tones because I am a very cold person and all I want is warmth in my life. So those tones are just amazing. And it made sense because it would always match whatever's going on in the view in that house. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. You didn't even know what you'd done. (laughs) So let's say you've got your perfect, you know, you've gotten your, you know what you're doing with your floors. You choose a rug and it goes with the fabric you choose for your sofas. You choose to maybe add a little hint of color Mm. to the drapery. Mm. Then maybe you go a step bolder as the surface areas get, get smaller on a cushion. What about then like the, the smaller styling accessories where a lot of people kind of then just, you know, get the little thing they had in their last house and don't think too much about it or just, you know, buy something off Ikea for the lamps and mm-hmm. what goes on the coffee table, mm-hmm. what goes in the shelves. 
how do you bridge that and how did you in that house yeah well lighting is hugely important so if you have central pendant light you know please go for something bigger than you imagine just like the rug just go that extra bit bigger so it doesn't look lost on the ceiling so with your ceiling pendant please get it on dimmers so that in the evening time you can dim that down and have it all nice and glowy and then it's all about your eye level lighting so your lamps I'm brainwashing Tanya and all things lighting so it's it's the glow around the room and it has to continue right around so from your table lamps to the glow from the bookcases and to your fire lighting oh amazing uh your floor lamps everything just please turn on your lamps I know we're going through some crisis at the moment okay light some candles then as well (laughs) okay and um how how can people start making sure that the place feels like a home and also when you create such a beautiful room and then you know your kids start dumping their backpacks and Mm. crap starts to Mm -hmm. accumulate if it looks too perfect that stuff is really obvious it's like the first few scratches on the wood if a space is properly styled that stuff doesn't disrupt a place Mm -hmm. so much because it already feels like Mm -hmm. your home yeah how can people style and how did you come up with all the products you chose for dwell being an interior designer Well, I really felt that I would go through projects for a year or two years long and it would just be at the end where the interiors work so well because I'm an interior architect. So, you know, I've been on these projects right from the beginning and then it's just at the end. The furniture has arrived. These bookcases have been built and then I'm blank walls, you know, so you need to fill them with art and accessories and and I've, I've seen over COVID and after COVID, like carpenters are up to their eyes building people bookcases, either side of their fireplaces and all that. They they just need to be styled correctly. Once they're styled, you don't have to move things around. You know, if you want to store things, yes, have the cabinets below behind doors to store uh, school bags or toys or whatever. But the open shelves just need to be done right. So that's that's why I really set up Dwell, because I felt there was this niche in the market to help people style their shelves so um it's all about using what the client has so their picture frames their books their own little accessories and intertwining my accessories onto the shelves as well and even as you've seen when we do photo shoots I bring more than I need to a shoot to style these spaces because even for me it takes a while to get everything up on the shelves and then I need to just move things around, you know, gather things together or space things out, take a step back, look. People call it faffing. I call it a job. Okay? <laughs> it's so important because everyone leads such busy lives that once it's styled, they'll never have to think of it again. Yeah. And it just looks beautiful. And you can and just finished. tweak one little thing here and there and like, Absolutely. oh, it's Christmas. So you yeah. put out like these candle holders yeah. and, and it's a great way to refresh the house when you, you know, if you can't be repainting the house or changing cushion covers you can at least change out the kind of candle holder you have or the kind of figurines you put out for different times of the year and I think people have a tendency to leave surfaces and shelves more bare than overstuff it people are scared of clutter Mm -hmm. but I think that's what makes places feel kind of clinical and unfinished like oh you redid your house but what what happened with the last 10 percent yeah Um, exactly it's the last 10 percent, and it's so important because like I said bare walls you know we need to fill them with art now it could be framed prints or paintings or photographs but the walls need to be filled and the shelves need to be styled and don't forget your coffee table you know put a tray down there put some candles on it some lovely coffee table books and then you've got a beautiful coffee table or your sideboards fill them with family photo frames just bring in your personality I think um just like you were talking about like all the layers of pattern that are coming back like kind of heritage style Mm -hmm. people are harking back to it a lot and you can see all these Victorian rooms on Instagram and if you look at what's on their walls like they weren't afraid of clutter and it looks very glamorous Mm -hmm. and beautiful and now we don't all have to go maximalist Mm -hmm. over the top but again I think it's better to like put too much and then slowly pair it back to like what actually works Put out too much and then edit, edit, edit. Yes, edit. And yeah, if if you only put a few things up, it's going to look a bit bare, anemic. So just go for broke. 
And then people can do a mix of, like you said, bringing in the things they already have. Like Mm. you don't have to update every single thing to be the most glamorous. It has to be like, if you have an old frame that like you've had since you were a teenager and you even remember that frame, there's no need to upgrade that, but maybe you're getting a new piece of art framed uh, or you're choosing a new piece of art. You might look at your rug and your drapery and be like, Oh, what colors do I need to actually reference? Cause I think, uh, what makes rooms cohesive is referencing mm-hmm. elements that yeah. if something appears only once, like, I don't know if your window frames are black and you you didn't choose them, you bought the house and it came that way and you make this like light, beautiful room, it'll stand out. But if you have a few little black hints, mm-hmm. it goes together. Yeah, absolutely. It's l- like the room that we have been referencing on House of the Hill. We got a beautiful Lola Donahue painting on on one of the walls and it's, you know, her beautiful muted color tones. But all those colors are actually in the room. If you look around from the greens and the blues and the and the there's actually pink. Um, so, again, don't you know, don't get too bogged down with rules of how to m- match colors and themes and all this. It's if you get a beautiful big painting on the wall, you can cheat. You, you can, can cheat with that. Thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> like if you've chosen if you love this sofa. And then you actually didn't have a choice over the curtains or like mm-hmm. your significant other pushed you to choose yeah. something you didn't like. But then you're like, okay, I need a piece of art that has orange and green and like misty hilltops. Yeah. You can just like scour the web and shops and fairs until you find that piece. And then it'll look like you designed it like an interior designer. <laughs> Good hack. <laughs> and I think with rugs too, because they, they're just giant floor art absolutely giant yes, floor art <laughs> i should start a rug company coming to dwell next yes giant floor art by tanya <laughs> okay and what are um some examples and we'll wrap up soon but mm. what are some examples of like styling pieces because i think sometimes people are allergic to the word styled they're like oh that's for people who like instagram and like lead perfect lives but it's not for me because it requires too much upkeep what, what's an example of something that's a styling piece you know, maybe some of your favorites from Dwell that people can have an idea of like, oh, actually that that sounds doable. I know. Like, yeah, styling is a bit like that. Mm, I don't need to style my house, but it, it basically just putting things on your shelves correctly. That's all it really is. Um, like a, a number one thing for me is a tray on your coffee table or your ottoman or whatever. And it's just the perfect frame for a few items of different heights on your coffee table. So I'm just thinking of my coffee table right now. I've got the tray. I've got a bundle of beautiful hardback books, mm. candle, the remote control. Yep. <laughs> um, it's it's just a little holder for yeah, everything. Yeah, you create a home for everything. Exactly. So it's not just scattered across yeah. the coffee table or whatever. Then with shelves, my God, or to say, sorry, chest drawers, first of all, my LED cordless lamps, like seriously, true winners. They, they're handmade initially. They're this brass, just they're so elegant and you don't need to plug them in. Now you, you need to charge them, but you don't need them to be near a socket. So I use them actually in shelves as well um, because they give another glow and another depth to the bookcase. So they're stunning. Yeah, um, putting unexpected elements on, like, because you wouldn't normally see a lamp I know. Uh, on a shelf. So thinking of like, yeah, just because you haven't seen it, like if you have something you love, you don't know where to put it like yeah. m- maybe it works on the shelf yeah well always try and get sockets in your bookcase for lamps if it's not too late mm. if it is too late go to dwell by Elish Rickard and buy a cordless lamp <laughs> but if it isn't too late please 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 put in sockets because there is nothing nicer than walking past a, a bookshelf and a glow coming from it it's just wonderful other items from my online store that are just timeless and you can use again are the planters you know plant pots to add greenery to your space Mm. so whether they're artificial or real plants of course I'm pushing for real but we even are having trouble keeping our plants alive in the office here so (laughs) I know that's a problem for some people but but there's actually amazing artificial plants out there as well but planters and little sculptures and things would be amazing. And we didn't talk a lot about kitchens, but that's another space oh my God. where styling is necessary. Because mm. people think people think the perfect kitchen has like nothing on, on the surface, but that's how they just kind of look like a sad showroom. Mm. Um, and I think one of the some of the products that are really nice that we, we have on the shop are like marble and wood items. 
So that's where we were going with the kitchenware is that we'd love you to keep your kitchen, some kitchenware out and on show like the marble and wood boards. You know, you could have them leaning back against your backsplash mm-hmm. in the kitchen or on your island if you have an island or your countertop space. Um, yeah, it's about things on show and you don't have to put everything away. You don't need the clinical looking kitchen. Yeah, it's, it's practical. Yeah. Also. And if you have a family or whatever, it just brings more personality to the kitchen. And speaking of lamps, how gorgeous would a lamp be in a kitchen? You know, just or art. I love when people or do art. That. Beautiful. Um, it's about bring like losing that clinical kitchen look and bringing some things that you'd use in a living room into your kitchen. You know, upholstered bar stools or whatever. Now I know nightmare for kids, but you could. You could get that white clean fabric or get them fiber sealed or whatever. And just that upholstery just adds softness to your hard surfaces in the kitchen. And I think trays are great for kitchens too, especially if you have an island and you're like, where do I put things? If you had a big tray, you could put a plant on it. Like we have a big kind of tray where we have salt and pepper shakers and we have like a plant and a a candle. Um, So again, just using those to make little homes and styling moments through your house. Okay. Well, I think that is plenty. Just to recap, I think one of the, the the most practical things that you walked us through is the cohesion actually starts with addressing the largest surfaces. So, and, and remembering that you can always figure out the paint last, you can always repaint. It's by far the cheapest and most impactful thing you can change in a room if it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And don't be afraid to paint your ceilings a color, by the way, Ooh, Ooh, yes. wrap the color around Yeah, if you want. What about a different ceiling color? Do you ever do that? No, but no. that would be amazing. <laughs> no, seriously, like that would be brave. Yeah. Um, yeah. But your ceilings don't have to be white, white. Yeah. They could be anything you want. Like for my daughter's bedroom, I wrapped the wall color around the ceilings and oh God, it's just like a hug when you walk in. Yeah. Fab. I love it. We, we have the same in our room. Any vaulted rooms or vaulted small, rooms, yeah. like low ceilings, it's better because otherwise you notice where your beautiful paint hits the like horrible white emulsion that a builder exactly and the lines are never straight yeah. so you that's really noticeable and yeah. so in downstairs toilets please um, put your wall color on the ceiling because downstairs toilets are usually not that big and you don't want just another jarring spot patch of random white yeah especially if they're under the stairs yeah yeah exactly okay so address the big surface areas invest in those where possible like invest in your flooring and have no sofa if needed <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on that. <laughs> and then, you know, work your way up to the things that take the most down to the least amount of space visually. And, you know, you can take risks on little cushions and you can pull together things. If you're not sure how something's all pulling together, you can use hacks like using rugs and art. Like you can leave the rug till later. Like if you're like, I really, really love this color on the drapery. I don't know how it's going to work with the rest of the room. You can go for it and then build up to make yeah, it Yeah, and, and the rug could be neutral then. If you're getting it yeah. at the end, there's some stunning neutral or yeah. textured rugs. And rugs, like we have timber floors, but our rug has changed so many times because we have a dog and they destroy things. Yeah. But that's something that like you can build up to a luxury rug when your house okay. deserves yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when your lifestyle deserves yeah. it. But that's something relatively that you can find some relatively inexpensive rugs that can still make an Completely. impact. Yeah. Like those sisal rugs or whatever, yeah. you know, you can get them anywhere yeah. and they are loads of viscose ones are nice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and then in terms of completing the room, it's really important to have things be like the right size. So make sure your rug is big enough, your pendant light is big enough, and that you're putting enough stuff on your surfaces. So these are some of the areas that Ailish notices people kind of shy away from. And also having enough kind of cushions and variety of fabrics. Don't try to match things too much. Just think of kind of a color wheel, like even look at color wheels. um, And you can use the likes of Little Green and Farron Ball to choose colors, even if they're not all going to be paints, mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, like a pale yellow would go great with that. I would have never thought of it. And then finally, the last 10% is how you're going to make your house feel like a home and bring it personality. So even if you're like, I don't know what my style is, like, is it like urban? I have a friend who's, who's trying to figure out her house. She's like, it's kind of like, I like concrete, but I want it to feel Australian and Bohemian too. What's my style. And I'm like, you don't have to know, like just choose things that feel good. Exactly. It's about the feeling when you walk in the door after a hard day's work, I want you to feel 
happy and warm. And that is down to colors, tones, textures and your personal stamp on your home. Yeah. I mean, if you know how to dress at all, you know that like you don't have a cohesive vision every day, every time you get dressed. Well, I don't anyway, (laughs) but you, every time you go and you shop, you go with your gut feeling that you've honed and you're like, and you, and you look at your closet and you will notice you have a lot of the same colors and you have certain pairings you always go to. So with your house, you can follow some of those gut feelings. And I think that is actually a better way to do it than over relying on, on Instagram and Pinterest. Exactly. Don't rush it. Please don't don't panic. Just build up your items. You know, it doesn't have to be finished in a week. And the paint can really help tie together at the very end, mm-hmm. the very, very end after you've sampled and looked at it yes, in every light. Yes. Had a few <laughs> two, two coats. Yeah. Two coats on every wall, <laughs> on every wall in every, with every orientation possible. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Ailish. And since this is airing around Black Friday, just a reminder that there is a wonderful sale on to get these beautiful curated items that have been hand-selected by an interior designer who strikes the perfect balance between classic and contemporary. And you can get some amazing gifts. You can add these finishing touches for your house that will really help your space feel cozy and put together at the same time. Ailish, where can people find you if they want to follow along on the interior design projects? Ooh, so I'm on Instagram and I usually post every Friday evening when I get a moment on Insta stories about my escapades during the week of behind the scenes for interiors so that's Ailish Rickard interiors I think yes and and then my shop is also on Instagram you just hit the link pop bio and then I have a website ailishrickardinteriors.com as well yeah and then you can shop dwell at dwell by ailishrickard.com and we'll put this all in the show notes so thank you very much for tuning in and thank you Ailish for all your wisdom thank you for tuning in to the interiors podcast To learn more about our guests or anything we mentioned today, please refer back to the show notes. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Interiors Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast today, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening in on and sharing the podcast with your family and friends. Until next time.